0: Hey, welcome to the Heidi Ruscio Podcast. I'm Heidi, and this is a place where you're gonna hear compelling stories from female leaders, creators, and innovators. Today's guest is Megan Tamte. She is the founder, Creator, co-CEO of EverEve, and EverEve is a fashion brand. They have a lot of stores. In fact, over ninety store locations in twenty-seven states. They also have a big e-commerce division, so you can order their stuff online. And then they also have TrendSend, which is a subscription service. So you get paired with a stylist, and then you get the clothes sent right to your door. It's really easy and great. EverEve is such a unique. Um cool store and brand, first of all, just business wise, they have no debt. Their annual sales are increasing by more than 20%, which is more than twice the retail average, especially now where people are like, you know, retail stores, that's just not a thing anymore. And sales this year from EverEve expected to be over 150 million dollars. And it all started with Megan, a third grade teacher, then turned stay-at-home mom. Her story is fascinating. So you're going to hear that. You're going to hear how an American Idol contestant inspired her. (laughs) And then you're also going to hear Megan tell this really tough experience that she had in a retail store that led her to even dream up Ever Eve. We're going to hear about some of the challenges in starting a business and then how she's been able to create this culture that is a culture of service and giving and really puts the customers first. Um, she talks about the science between service and joy, and she's going to share with us a little bit about what she learned and how they implement that in their company. And then we're going to talk fashion, of course. She's going to share with us a few pieces that we all should have in our closet that are going to help us not only be fashionable, but are also functional. And then Megan also shares her favorite piece of clothing as well that she will wear forever and ever. And she had it on today, so you'll see it in the video (laughs) once that starts. Then at the end, I asked Megan, what is her definition of being a perfect mom? Because she's really seen quite the evolution between teacher, where she got to you know go home at least after class and be with her kids, and then to stay-at-home mom, and then to starting her own company. So stick around for that. But just so you know... Megan, the reason why Megan is here on this podcast is because Ever Eve is opening their first store in Atlanta. And I'm so excited about it. It's going to be at Perimeter Mall. The opening is October the 16th. But then everyone that is a little north of the city, uh, so that includes my sister, which I know she'll be super excited about ever eve is coming to the avalon in january so you're not going to want to miss that but of course you can find them online as well and all that is linked below in the show notes another thing that you'll find in the show notes is megan has a podcast of her own and it's called in the dressing room it's a mix of fashion and business and motherhood i think you're really going to love it so you can find all that out in the show notes but let's talk to megan because this was such a fun interview i know you will love her too let's take us back just a few years, right? Yep. And just, you're in your twenties, yep. you're a brand new mom. Yep, You're staying at home, doing what you love and what you always wanted to do. But then you kind of felt like there, it feels like something's not right or feeling a little like there's something more I want to be doing or something like that. And, Yeah, there's like a
1: rumbling. Yes, (laughs) like a rumbling. I call it a rumbling.
0: I love that. We'll take us back to that time because I think so many people can relate to that.
1: Yeah, it was interesting because I was a stay at home mom and had two kids that I just and I was so grateful and so happy to be home with my children. I was a third grade teacher turned stay at home mom, so I was like the best stay at home mom. Oh, I bet you like the best like crafts. (laughs) Schedule. That's awesome. We did it all. You got got charts, charts, like it. I was together. Charts. Yes, yeah, it I was really. I loved it. It was like my little <laughs> school. It was amazing. But I had had a dream brewing inside of me after I had a terrible experience in a dressing room years prior to that that time in my life. I had a, um, an experience shopping in a dressing room as a new mom that didn't go very well, and um, on the way home from that horrible experience, I kind of, I reimagined a clothing store that would uh, make clothing and fashionable accessible to moms like me. And I had had been dreaming about kind of really creating this brand in my mind as I was um, mothering and taking care of my children. And I guess the best way to describe it was I would say that this dream was starting to rumble. And there were a couple things that started to happen during this time when I was home with young kids, loving and being so grateful for that place in my, that time in my life. So it wasn't miserable, but I knew something was going on. And there's three things that I were, showed me that something was wrong. Number one, I was crying a lot. So (laughs) my poor husband would come home from work and we would have dinner, we would, get the kids to bed. And for some reason, some nights I would just cry and he would be like, why are you crying? And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know. I'm tired. I just, I was very weepy and didn't really understand why. I was not sleeping at night. So I had never had, like never had problems sleeping ever in my life. And I was starting to really struggle with insomnia, which was kind of silly because it was the first time my kids were like, maybe at this point they're, you know, one in three. And it's like the first time I can actually maybe start to think <laughs> about sleeping through the yeah. night. And I was struggling to sleep at night. Yeah.
0: It's like a cruel trick. It was like oh a cruel goodness. trick, right?
1: <laughs> and then um, the third thing was I was watching a ton of reality television. So I was literally living to get my kids in bed at seven o'clock so I could lay on the couch and watch. Um, reality TV. And that, that was in the days when it was all, I mean, you know, all just kicking off. It was um, American Idol, Big Brother, Survivor, you name it. I watched it and I could not wait to watch those shows at night, um, night after night, after I got my kids in bed. So uh, there, I just wasn't feeling like these three things were just kind of bugging me. Yeah. They, and something though clicked
0: after you watch one of those reality yeah, shows right yeah <laughs> it's just yeah so well, funny. you know I love there, that
1: story. yeah there are a lot of things that happened, but one of i think one of a moment that made me take action um, a moment that really made me take action. And, and during this time, I was starting to try to figure out what was wrong. And I had started to get up early in the morning and spend some time in quiet. I'm, um, I'm a woman with a faith. So I started praying and reading and just really trying to um, get up before the kids were up and the family was up so I could hear um, voices um, and, I don't know, voices that were, I think the voices get really loud when you're mom. So I just wanted to listen to my own voice and understand what was going on and spent a lot of time in prayer. But yes, during this time, I also was watching American Idol one night. And um, it was the night that um, the second um, season when Clay Aiken and Ruben Stutter kind of like battled it out. And I'll never forget the moment Ruben won. Um, I was watching the Confetti Fall and the streamers and the music. And I just remember thinking to myself, um, "You are you are watching other people's dreams come true and at the expense of your own. You're, you're, you're a spectator to Ruben's dream and to all the people at American Idol. The, I, I thought of the producers and the, the people that were making the commercials and the makeup artists. I thought of all the people in that moment, that really epic moment. And I think there was a song about dreams being played. And I just thought about all the people at that moment whose dreams were coming true. And then I th- saw myself laying on the couch And it was at that moment that it was epic. It was truly like this dramatic. Like I was like, I got up, I turned the TV off and I just, I said to myself, I'm done watching TV. I'm not going to watch other people's dreams come true at the expense of my own. And then I used that time at night, um, to pour my, my ideas and my dreams. And at this point there, this is like several years of dreaming, Um, for that story I created years earlier, I just started to write my dreams down at night instead of watch other people's dreams come true. So that was the first kind of step action step that I took yeah
0: yeah take me back to the dressing room moment though, yes because what about it was so um, emotional or frustrating yeah. about that situation yeah.
1: well it was a new mom and it was it was definitely my first outing um, looking for fashion after having my first do- my baby and so I wasn't feeling very good about my body it was still changing a little bit I was I you know I think you become a mom and you wonder like the world revolves around your child. So you wonder if like, do I fit into fashion anymore? Is it, does it mat Like, is it even, is it even worth it for me to go find clothing? Um, I wanted, I did want some clothing that had a little bit of attitude, a little bit of edge. I, I definitely went out wanting fashion that was going to um, help me feel less like a mom and more mm-hmm. like a woman again. Yeah. So there was this little bit of like, but I wanted it <laughs> to be like, also like approachable. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was a mom, so I wanted it to be under, like I wanted fashion that like understood that I needed versatile, modern, um, comfortable clothes, but I did want it to make me feel modern and relevant and have a little bit of edge. So there was this that that desire I was looking for for sure. Um, I was also looking for help. I was so overwhelmed taking care of my my daughter that I just honestly wanted to go into store and I didn't want to have to figure it out. I wanted someone else to do the work. It takes a lot of work to figure out what fits your body type, what outfits go together, what, what works for your lifestyle. And I was exhausted and I just wanted someone to hold my hand and say, I will help you put outfits together that are right for your body type, that are right for your style personality, that are right for your lifestyle. At that point, I was a stay-at-home mom. And so I just, I wanted help. And I think the other thing, I wanted someone just to be, I wanted connection. I wanted relationship. I was lonely. I was home with this baby, feeling insignificant, wondering if I mattered, and I just wanted someone to um, when I was shopping to see me, and to tell me I was doing a good job, to look at my baby, and the, you know, and say, "Oh, your baby's so cute." Um, I wanted that. I wanted relationship. I wanted connection. So that was really those were the things that I was hoping to find that day, and that I did not get. And and. I ended up in a cold, horrible dressing room all alone with outfits I put on a top, and it looked like a crop top, and it wasn't supposed oh. to be a crop top. <laughs> oh. My baby started crying. I, no one paid attention to me. You know, I, I walked out that day without anything, and it was it was on that drive home. I, I actually walked out crying without anything with a crying baby and a lot of sweat. I was sweaty and hot, I remember that day. And it was at that on the drive home that I started to reimagine what that experience could have been like for a mom like me. And that's where this dream kind of was born.
0: And so in your journal, when you'd write down these dreams, that's how Ever Eve came to that's be. That's how it came about. But yeah. it wasn't Ever Eve at the beginning. It actually
1: wasn't. Uh, we, I, we had a different name um, pro- for 10 years. We've been in business for about 15 years. The first 10 years, we, we called ourselves Hot Mama and it was it was an interesting time when this brand was created after that dressing room i um i called a neighbor of mine hot mama behind her back cuz she was she <laughs> yeah. was like in my mind she she was a little ahead of me on my motherhood journey and i saw her as a really amazing mom because i saw her take care of her family and um and she loved her family fiercely but she also loved herself fiercely and I knew this because she would get up early in the morning and go surfing. Um, she would. We were living in California at the time, by the way. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I was, I'm from Chicago. I was thinking it probably wasn't I in from, Minnesota. Yeah, I'm from said Chicago in the Midwest, and I was
1: like, I didn't know Mom surf. And she would like put a little lipstick on. She had just two little boys. They were young. She always looked put together. And I, behind her back, I was like. I want to be like that woman, and I, Mike and I, my husband and I, I, I called. He didn't call her hot mama. That would be. Right. <laughs> I called her hot mama behind her back, and um, and and the really reason was this idea of I loved that she took care of her family, and she took care of herself. So it was really this this horrible shopping experience that I reimagined, as well as this story about how important I believe it is for women. Um, and moms to take care of their family and take care of themselves. That kind of moved into this hot mama brand that I then started dreaming about, and was um, for the first ten years the name we had given our brand. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you moved from California though to Minnesota. We did just to open up your first store. We did. Yes. So I'm sure that not everything was like sunshine and roses, and you open it up, no
1: problems or no. Either. It was horrible. <laughs> it was. In fact, I. Grand opening day. My husband and I, when when our anniversary of our grand opening day comes up every year, everybody's like, "Oh, congratulations!" I still get sick to my stomach. I still like to this day. I don't even like to think about the beginning because it was so scary. What it what was, was so terrifying. scary about it? Um, well, the fact that we had no experience in fashion, no experience in retail, um, just the vulnerability of feeling like. Um, you know, I was thinking even on the plane today. I I remember I don't feel this way anymore because my husband always said, "You know, you will become an expert. Like you will be an expert someday." But in the beginning, I was so vulnerable and so fearful of not being an expert, um, and that made me really feel. I had to fight that every day to say, i I might not be an expert, but here's my story, and I have a dream." And I'm going to figure out how to make this dream come true. So I had to go to LA. I had to go to New York. I had to buy clothing for the store. I had no no experience at all. I had never been a buyer and had to go and buy. I mean, I liked fashion and knew fashion well enough to... Um, to know what I wanted. And I I definitely knew I wanted comfortable, modern, versatile, contemporary clothes, but I had to go figure out how to buy. I had to figure out um, how to sell product when customers came in. I mean, we had to figure, we knew nothing. We knew absolutely nothing. We absolutely had to be very, I had to get very comfortable sharing my story and asking for help. And I found out that that's all I could do. Is I I didn't have to pretend, and I I would play around with this in my mind a lot. Like sometimes I'd be like, "Oh, just trick them, make everybody think you know what you're doing." <laughs> right?
0: Fake it till you make it. Fake it till right? you make
1: it. That yeah. doesn't that didn't yeah. work for me. Yeah, it's so clear. So my strategy was show up, tell my story because I had a really powerful story, and ask people for help. And for me, that's what I learned to do. And that was very it was it it I was shaking all the time. But even though I was always constantly scared, because I was scared probably the first three years every day, um, I would just tell myself, just show up, tell your story. Um, why did I start this brand? Why does it matter? Why, what made me do this? And then ask people to join me and help. And And I found out that really, for me, that really people, I think people always do want to help. So all of the unknown um, people showed me how to do it, and and now I can say I'm such an I'm an expert in some of these areas that I was really insecure about only because other people taught me the way. I yeah. love that, yeah. and that is such a good reminder for
0: me because I'm so independent. So I want to just a lot of times even just make mistakes. No, I'll I'll figure it out. I'll make the mistakes, and but I'm like. You could have just asked
1: somebody for help yeah.
0: and saved yeah. yourself a lot yeah. of time it's, and heartbreak. It saves a lot of time. I mean, come on. It's very
1: vulnerable to do yes. that too. I think you have to be. I mean, it, it does. It's it's very vulnerable. It's 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 scary. But I've I've found out that people love to give help. It's it's a way to. Of course, people don't want to give help in areas that aren't there. Um, there's a difference between I think giving help where it's like, oh, can you do this for me? But going to experts, going to people who are good at what they do, and saying, "Hey, here's my problem. Can you, can you teach me or help me?" People love that, yeah. you know. So, do you feel? I mean, now
0: are you able to help other people? I are am. You? Yeah,
1: that's been really fun. Cool. And I, I do. You do feel um, when I felt like this brand was transitioning to where I could say, "Okay, this is successful." Um, I do. I felt very overwhelmed by all the people that gave me opportunities and that helped me, that it, like it's hard not to want to do that because I think of all the people that gave me help. So I do. It was fun. I sat down yesterday with some young entrepreneurs um, at the office. Um, I gave them an hour, and I just sat down with them in my office. I said, okay, you have an hour. How can I add value to you right now? And they just asked me questions, and we had an hour together, and that was really, really joyful for me to be able to give back. Megan, you said something that I wanted to touch on. You
0: said, okay, now I feel successful. Did you always have a point in your mind of like, okay, this, this is when I'll be successful at this mark? Or
1: did that just come out of a feeling? Yeah, or? well, I would say two, two things happened. Number one, um, I think when we opened our first store, we had this idea and this dream of what it would be like and look like. And my husband created a financial model um, that he basically, he told me for the store to be financially viable, we would need to hit $1,500 a day in sales. So that was one way to measure our success because if we didn't hit that number every day, that it was you like, we couldn't, we, have couldn't, we right. couldn't have a store. Sure. So that was one, you know, I felt like, okay, if I can hit that number, we'll be successful. The other piece was, um, do, will customers connect with our product and our experience and the brand? And so for me, it was like, it was a combination of, okay, are we hitting the number? And when customers come in, are they connecting with our fashion and, and the, the story of the brand? Yeah. And those things happened pretty early on, like within the first, I would say six months, you could tell people were like, I like this place. I get it. Um, we had a lot to learn about the fashion um, because I think when you open, you, you put your point of view out there. Um, You learn so much, and then you kind of adjust. Um, So we learned a lot about the fashion, but for the most part, women did what I want, what I wanted in the dressing room that day, and we were exceeding that $1,500 goal. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I'd say, one area where we knew we were successful. Um, You know, there was always, it wasn't that, probably that... um, I, I, we were always worried, let's just yeah. say. That. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like we thought we made it. Right. But it was like, okay, okay, this could work. You know, yeah. this could work. Um, I think that the, the point where I, it was a turning point for us was my husband and I um, put everything we had into – into the brand, we didn't pay ourselves very much. In fact, I I couldn't at the time afford clothing to wear in my own store. <laughs> oh my goodness, Megan! <laughs> Literally, Ugh. so we didn't we didn't pay ourselves a lot in the beginning. Um, we signed personal guarantees. Um, we knew I for there were ten years where we knew okay, if this thing comes tumbling down, we will lose everything. So that was always in the back of my mind, which was always pretty scary and and not very, um, you know, you kind of always, you know, would always ask my husband, like, are we going to be okay? Like, do I have to get ready to sell the house? And we lived like that for about 10 years. 10 years into the business, we sold part of our company. So we sold um, to three new investors who came on we still have majority but my husband and I brought on three new partners one of them is Gordon Siegel the founder of Crate and Barrel and so we were able to we were able to we felt, we were able to take some chips off the table mm-hmm. and so we were able to financially feel secure yeah. because we had not felt f- financially secure for 10 years so i will say that made us feel like okay we we made some yes. like this like we have some financially some security um, financially, so that that was a big um, when I a lot of times when I say success, it was that that was a big moment for us and feeling like okay, we're not, now we're not going to lose everything um, if this. Ship comes down. Yeah.
0: And just so everyone that's listening, if you don't know, a personal guarantee is basically you saying, like, if something happens, if I can't pay the rent or if I can't pay this off or whatever, then either you can come after my house or any of my yeah. personal belongings, yep. not just business. Yep. Um, and that is scary. That's so scary. We
1: just did that for our space. It's so yeah, scary. We had to sit down and go, okay, if worse comes to worse, I know. Are and we I, okay with And that? you, that's what I had to do when my husband, the night before we signed our lease, my husband, we sat down and talked and he, you know, we had this $1,500 and he was like, I was like, okay, I think I can hit it. And I, I remember asking him um, if, so if I don't hit that, like, will we lose our house? He was yeah. like, yeah, you will. <laughs> and then I think what I did, I, and I went on a walk that night by myself.
0: I was like, You're okay, like, I excuse need to get me, out. Yeah. I will
1: get back to you right. if I'm going to sign this lease, you know, yeah. and I went back that night and I remember I thought about the worst case scenario. I thought about, okay, if this doesn't work, what's going to happen? Like, what are you going to do? And I, I, I thought I could go back to teaching. I could live in my parents' basement. And then I thought that <laughs> might be – I had two young kids at the time. I'm like, that might be really nice. Yeah. My mom would probably make me dinner every night <laughs> and love free babysitting, you know. Right. But I remember thinking, can I lose – like, will I be okay losing this? Because that – when you sign a personal guarantee, that's – it comes down to the line like that, Right, right. right. That is, that is I'm amazing. making you scared right now. <laughs> no, no you know what not that's at all. all. It's actually you know, very encouraging. Oh, good, Because good.
0: you, yeah. You because know how it's scary so, that is. It's so nerve-wracking. Yeah. But then I believe in what we do. Right. Here, and don't you so... think
1: sometimes, like, I look back on that, and I'm like, because it, it was so clear that this had to succeed, I wasn't going to come home at night until I hit that number. Like, these young entrepreneurs in my office yesterday... I, I was telling them, I said, you know what? I had to hit fifteen hundred dollars a day. And I I literally would call my husband if if I was closing up shop at night And I remember oftentimes someone would come in and be like, Oh, can I come in? And I would be like, Turn the lights back on, get the music going. And I would be like, Oh, I'm fine. Yes, I was planning on staying all night. You know, you can. I remember many times they would be in the dressing room for like an hour and I would call my husband and I just would say, I'm not coming home. I'm staying here. Feed the kids, give them a bath. I'll give them a kiss when I get home. And just because when you put your house up, on the when you when you sign up you just you're like i i'm going to hustle hard right, right like i think i used to chase customers out the door um, I mean, I did whatever I could. I hustled so hard to hit mm-hmm. that goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't actually talk about that we were going to talk about this,
0: but I wanted to ask you, since you mentioned that with kids and running the business, especially at the beginning, mm-hmm. because that's a lot of a time. Lot. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys, did you just say, this is a team effort between mm-hmm. you and your husband? We did. And we'll just do what we can to be there for the kids we as did. much as possible. It was a team and-
1: effort. The beautiful thing about running a a business with your husband is you have the same priorities. So you care about the success of your family and you care about the success of your job, your work. So that's a beautiful thing. And so we, I would say in the very beginning, my, our role, our traditional roles, we were very, I would say traditional before we started every, I was home, he was working, they flipped and it was fun. I I think it was really an exciting and exciting time for us because I was learning, and, and he was very involved in the beginning, but he, he would work at night and he he wasn't in the store every day like I was. Um, but he would be like, I was learning business. I was learning how to sell. I was learning how to run a shop. And he was at home um, in addition to his work at EverEath. He was like, I have to cook dinner tonight. And how do you make <laughs> dinner? And I remember at our best days, um, the, it, we've gone... W- I don't know, our, our roles are, I probably go back to like more cooking and he goes, you know, his, but I would say in our best days in the early beginning, I would come home and he'd have like a candlelight dinner waiting for me and I would come home and like Whoa. put my feet up. So I would say we just kind of really, um, we in the space of just exploring other sides of ourselves that maybe we didn't know we had inside of us. And there was something really sweet about that. Um, but we really also, I tell people, we really prioritized and said no to everything that um, wasn't about work or the kids or the family. I mean, we were very, we were like, no machines. We we said no and made so many sacrifices. We we chose our top priorities, which for us are our faith, our family, and um, our our work, and pretty much anything. Um, that didn't fall under one of those priorities. We just we didn't do. Yeah. So I didn't have a beautiful house. I love to decorate homes. I love how my house feels. That went out the door. Um, I gave up being a perfect third grade teacher, kind of stay-at-home perf- perfect. Because I'm guessing stay that your husband mom. did not have charts. He did not and have charts. No projects. <laughs> he did go on a lot of field trips. I will oh, say good. he did. He did the field trip thing because I was in the stores. Uh-huh. But we did. Yeah, we were very much tag teaming. Um, but saying no, a lot of social, like we didn't have a strong social life. We weren't running out with neighbors. We weren't, I wasn't, I I think that was a big thing we let go of was, and it was such a short time was a lot of social stuff with friends. Um, so I really am grateful because right now that looks like such a short time in our life or, you know, but, um, it was a really important time to stay really focused so we could be there for our kids.
0: And I I read that you really decided on those values at the very beginning, we did. which I think is so helpful. We I did. mean, I am a, f- a huge believer in setting values for yes. your family and yes. your business. And you, and
1: Ever Eve has set a good foundation yes, of values in culture. So,
0: Tell me more yeah. about that. Yeah, that we
1: decided like. we, I mean, it was very scary for me to go from being a stay-at-home mom to jumping into a dream and starting, a, like, a, a, a retail brand. Right. And I knew it was going to take a lot of work. And I, I was very fearful that it would damage my children. I was very worried that, oh my goodness, if I follow this dream, is it going to be selfish? Am I going to harm my children? Are they gonna feel ignored? Or, you know, I had I am a worst case scenario person. I'm like, are they gonna, you know, go to drugs and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like I had, I had a worst case scenario if I thought I was so fearful of that. And I think we need to listen to our fear. Like I think we need to like not be um not submit to it, but also to say, what's this about? Like, why am I so scared of this? And and pay attention to it. And I think um, I really believe from the bottom of my heart that our kids need to see their moms and their dads living fully and following their dreams and and focusing on um, creating and building things. Like that's a beautiful gift to give to your children. But I also think to do that, they need they need you to be present. They need us to be around. They need us to be part. They need to feel seen. So for us, jumping into this was scary. So we had talked about that before we committed to doing it. We will say we will keep our our family um, a number a, a top priority over friends, over a perfect house, over over everything. And and we did that. We did that by saying no to a lot of things. Yeah.
0: What are the values of Ever Eve? Thing?
1: Yeah, what the values it? of Ever Eve. We call them heart values. And they are really values that um, I learned or didn't learn but practiced when I was on this, the styling floor working with customers that I felt when practiced, um, everybody experienced joy and, and store sales um, were strong. And they are the values of humility, um, empathy, uh, authenticity, relationship, and tenacity, so those are the five values. We call them heart values. And they really drive how we treat our customer, how we treat each other at Ever Eve, and how we treat our business partners.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of goes into this science between like service and joy. And you said that there you
1: have really studied a lot about yeah. that. Tell me more about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, our our at Ever Eve, our mission is to deliver joy one outfit at a time. And so, joy for us is is very different than happiness. It's a little deeper than that. Um, and one of the um, pillars of joy, one of the things that really makes people feel joy, is living a life of service to others. So we learned at Ever Eve, I learned when working with customers that I loved my job in fashion so much more when I was really um, there not to sell to the customer, but really there to serve her and to really there to, you know, I think back to that day when I was crying in the dressing room, really there to make her feel seen and to, you know, build a relationship with her to get to know her, to understand, I mean, she's in the store for fashion, so to understand who she is and what she wants and to just deliver clothing to her that is going to make her feel, um, experience the joy of clothes. So, so much of our success, I think, comes from hiring people who um, love fashion, but they love people more and they care about people. And that is um, what happens when that happens is everybody experiences joy. The customer experiences joy. And then the the stylists in our store, we experience joy because what's better than making someone's day or, you know, making someone feel great in an outfit is is really um, rewarding. Mm-hmm. It's really rewarding. Yeah. 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 Um, I just absolutely love
0: that. Let's talk though about fashion because now you're an expert at fashion. I mean, we can say that now. <laughs> I'm an right? a, well, I would,
1: you know, I'm I love fashion. I'm yes, I'm now an expert, Yes. I mean, you shop <laughs> for a while for
0: Every Eve so I, do. I think that oh, I think yeah. we can we definitely did. say yes, you're an expert. Yes.
1: We do know our customer very well and we do know what she loves. Mm. And we get our buying team gets it. Right, right on. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I know. I love, yeah. I love the pieces that you guys have. Thank it's you. just, it is perfect. Yeah. It's a great, there's so many things that I'm like, that would be functional and look really totally, good. Totally. Yeah. Which our, cu- our customers,
1: it, it's so interesting. They want um, very, ver- women right now, I think gone are the days when we change for different things.
0: <laughs> right. Uh-uh. So dr- Ain't nobody got time for that. Versatile.
1: Like (laughs) versatile. Like I can wear this to work. I can wear it to a baseball game. I can wear it on a date night with my husband. I can wear it. You know, the pieces need to be very versatile and comfortable, um, modern, on trend, but not too far on trend, um, with just a little bit of sexiness is, is sort of our recipe.
0: So what are some of those pieces? I mean, right now you have, if you're listening, uh, Megan has this gorgeous like b- uh, blue jean jacket yeah, on, which I ja- love. Yeah, like the A denim jacket is good. And, yeah. But th- your denim jacket too, it looks like it's kind of fitted it's, in the side yep, a little yep,
1: bit. Yeah. Is our, that... Our clothing is contemporary, so we shop at contemporary markets. And when you shop contemporary, it means the clothing is just a little more fitted. Um, it just has you know, um, more body forming lines. Um, we size up to a 16 comfortably, but the woman that shops with us is looking not to, not to hide herself to show her curves. So our, our clothing has, I mean, it's very age appropriate for, um, women like me, but, um, it does have fit to it which is really nice. Yeah. And, and our customer wants that. Mm.
0: What are some other like good
1: pieces that we should have to have a, like a nice versatile wardrobe? A nice versatile wardrobe. Well, I think, you know, right now what everybody's loving is um, joggers. I'm, whether you can wear them with a sneaker or you wear them with a heel. Heels look great um, too. We're doing, having so much fun. Right now bottoms are having a moment. <laughs> They are. I like it. Bottoms (laughs) are having a moment. I mean, if we have um, sanctuary (laughs) bottoms that are plaid with just like stripes on the side, Um, those are super fun. We have joggers and camo and animal. And it's a really... Fashion right now is really joyful. Fashion is a really... It's a moment where I think so much in the world is is so hard. And I, I think fashion right now is just sort of like the place where we can just... Experience some fun and play and have fun. So, you know, joggers are, are super versatile yeah. for work and for home. Um, sneakers are having a moment.
0: Oh my gosh! And there's so many good sneakers out it's, there now. It's addicting. Like it's, like it's
1: addicting, and it's really fun, um, and it's really a gift to be able to. Women are wearing sneakers to work. They are wearing them with denim. Um, they're wearing them with skirts and dresses. Um, so right now, we're we're having a moment with sneakers, and we are just loving it. We have a brand called P448, which I'm wearing right now, and they're just kind of like just really fun, fa- I would say fancy sneakers. Yeah. And like I said, they go with joggers for the weekend. Um, right now, we're loving midi skirts for work with a sweater and sneakers, um, that's a really, um, I think a really important, very, um, important trend right now that makes our customers so happy. Um, but I owe it jackets. The other thing, you know, ever Eve right now, um, our jackets are just on fire right now. So I would say the thing that I think is the most important is a really super fun, crazy pant with a print. Um, a t-shirt, like a lot of our graphic tees with words like gratitude, or we do a lot of bands are hot right now. Um, I have a shirt I'm wearing tonight that says book club. So really kind of simple shirts um, with some words on them um, with, a jet, with a really fun, really kind of sexy jean jacket or any kind of jacket that has stretch. So our customers don't want um, anything that's going to not be stretchy. (laughs) So for us, I love that. Our buyers won't even like, they won't bring it in if it doesn't have stretch to it. So kind of like a great fitted jacket that's a little sexy, um, has a nice silhouette um, that has a little stretch with with a graphic tee. And a jogger or a legging that's really kind of has a little fun to it. I would yeah. say that's a really great outfit right now. That, Again, you can wear it anywhere.
0: It, totally. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I love that sneakers are so in. I know. So I I've done so many things to my feet over the years. I know. And so,
1: <laughs> I know. It's like such a gift. It's I such know. a gift to women. So
0: what about you? What is like a piece that you've had in your wardrobe for like years that you're like, I'll never jean jacket. Yeah. I mean I
1: travel. I travel all the time. I'm on a plane. I'm go from hot weather to cold weather to I always have a jean jacket. And I just actually bought a really I always am updating my jean jacket though, right? Like I love it. It's an essential I wear it all the time. But I'm always looking for a way to like evolve it. And I just thought, we just had one in the store that I'm like, this is a beautiful way to evolve it. I bought it yesterday. Like it's too hot to wear it today, but it's by a brand Good American and it's a great fitted jean jacket. It has stretch, but it has a little navy blue, like just faux fur. It's just, it's, Ooh. it's got a little glam to it. Yeah. It's like, it's like a glamorous jean jacket. So.
0: Wait, Megan, you went into your store and bought I a do. jean jacket I know, from your own store. <laughs>
1: I do buy from my own store. I know I get a good That's discount. Hilarious. I get a good discount. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to play that. customer though. Yeah. People laugh at that. Mm-hmm. I, I think first of all, not ever. you know, I don't know. I've always done it. Mm-hmm. I just, I like to play customer. Yeah. I love it. it. It makes me make decisions. It, it, I think it keeps everybody in check. It doesn't make it look like I'm spe- like, like I'm special, um, and we have we have a lot of employees that work for us. I feel like not everybody can take fruit. Why should I do that? So I do I do get a good discount and I, I'm probably our number one shopper, I will yeah. say. <laughs> it's probably good to have that perspective. It's too, I think it's really good to have of that perspective. Like how, you, how somebody goes into the store it is. and sees everything. I, I pride in myself ways. in being our customer. Like I don't think I was never, I never opened this company because I thought I had a lot of, some women are like, I have a great sense of style and I, I have a particular style or mine wasn't about, it, it was a little bit about the aesthetic. It was about this modern, versatile, comfortable, approachable fashion with just the right edge. But it was never about me. It was always about creating a brand for that woman um, in the dressing room. It wasn't, it wasn't about creating a brand for me if that makes sense. I mean, it was what I wanted. So I feel like I'm very, I'm the customer and I I try really hard um, to, I like to experience what the customer experience. So I like to go in and shop at my own store. And ask for help from – I ask for help from the stylist, and it's the best in our stores. Yeah.
0: Well, you can see this theme throughout, even from the beginning of that service. And what you were just saying is, like, I see it through my customers' eyes. Yeah. Like, I'm creating the brand for them. Yes. And what a beautiful thing to be able to see all these years that that theme has carried yeah. through. Yeah. I feel so And I really grateful. think that it's probably a huge reason why you guys are so successful. I feel so – Yeah. So, But the cool thing about, and why you're even here, like in person in Atlanta, is because you guys are opening your first Atlanta store here. and we are so so excited. excited. Oh my goodness.
1: We've been wanting to come to Atlanta for a long time. Well, Red Rover, Red Rover, we're so glad. We are (laughs) excited. I'm here. We're going to have a little party downtown tonight. yes. Yes. And so the
0: perimeter mall location mm-hmm. is going to open October 16th. Yes, and then we've also got you've also got one. See, I'm already like, I, and we because now I'm yes. on the I'm on you're, the in a, race, you're uh, <laughs> uh, I love yes. it. Um, but it opens up in January, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mid
1: January we open up in Avalon.
0: That's At awesome. Avalon, yeah. My sister's going to be so excited. She lives over oh, in that area and she and can just pop over. And I hear that's beautiful so beautiful. Yeah. I'm actually going over there tomorrow. It's oh, beautiful. are you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the, uh, the other thing I want to mention is that you guys have a podcast. I too. do. Yes. So tell me about the podcast. Yes.
1: I just launched my first podcast. Um maybe six weeks ago. It's called In the Dressing Room with Megan Tamty And so I really, it, I, I wanted it to be, you know, the dressing room is very a very vulnerable space for women. And our brand was created after this experience, this very vulnerable experience I had in a dressing room. So yeah, we, the, the podcast is called In the Dressing Room and we're still learning and, and, um, Kind of trying to understand the conversations we want to have, but we're talking about business. Um, leadership is a conversation I love to have. We always have to talk about fashion, because I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I think there's hints of um, entrepreneurism in there, um, and a co- motherhood comes up. I'm in, I'm interviewing my daughter is is next week. Um, last week I interviewed Gordon Siegel, who's the founder of Creighton Barrel. So it's a real interesting mix of um, conversations. But always an element of business, leadership, fashion, and and motherhood. I, I mean, that sounds that's kind of awesome. who I am. <laughs>
0: yes. And I think yeah. that sounds so awesome. I can't wait to listen. Yeah. Thank you. Um,
1: so just to tie everything
0: up, now after being in business for 15 years, going from third grade teacher, stay at home mom to mom in business, changing roles and everything, what do you feel like your definition of the perfect mom yes. is
1: today? Yes. That I do a lot of thinking about that. Um, my definition of the perfect mom is: let me see, how can I articulate quickly? The perfect mom to me is being true to who I am, showing my kids that I'm going to live my life wholeheartedly and authentically, while champion championing and loving them at the same time. So that would be what I think the perfect mom is. Yeah. I mean, I think you said it perfectly. <laughs> Megan,
0: thank you so oh, much. Oh, thank you. And it's a joy
1: to be here. I and hope All
0: of my Atlanta friends can thank go check you. out the stores. We're and then, so if you're excited. not here in Atlanta, then check out Ever Eve at one of their other wonderful yeah, locations. Yeah, we have
1: 90 stores across the country. We have a really great e com site, and we have a subscription styling service called Transcend. Um, so, yeah, check us out.